0: Wouldn't start off right without technical
1: Yeah. (laughs) Randall, we we can't hear you and you're sideways.
0: We can't hear you, buddy. You're on mute. Nope. I don't know what's going on. Well, welcome to Reckless Speculation. Uh, Wouldn't be the same show without Raj not here and... Technical difficulties? You just
2: that? go with the intro next week. It'll be simpler. <laughs> He's every bad. time I run, right. every time I run away, the buddy. intro clip, it knocks me off. Welcome <laughs> to Chadwick's own national broadcast on a local basis. River City Media, brought to you by guys that are fans, for fans, local, national, regional. We are here tonight, as we always start, without our fourth member, Raj. He'll show up sooner or later. But we got, so let me go ahead and a- introduce everybody to my right the Kyle Larson Truther, <laughs> the man who is going to either go with GME to the poorhouse or the penthouse, Robbie Davis.
1: Uh, well, thank you for having me as always. And yeah, um, I mean, I don't like to brag that I've. 50 shares of GME, which means I have unlimited wealth, but I do have 50 shares of GME, and uh, it'll probably get me robbed tomorrow, but I'll be okay.
2: All right, everybody, stay with us. We got a bit of echo going on. I'm hearing it too. It'll probably work.
1: You're good now on my end.
2: All right. Mm -hmm. I'm getting echo off of you, but for some reason tonight is going to be – you know what it is? It is raining every time it rains it's like the internet goes crazy to my far left or right which depending on which way my camera is at this time the man the original tennessee titan spike haired rich boy when you ask rich versus really rich we go to brandon for the answers <laughs> mr brandon Chain.
0: yeah yeah thanks for having me too as always um Yeah, just another rainy day in Tennessee. What do you expect? Um, Don't like the weather? Just wait. It'll change.
2: Well, I thought we would get on here tonight and have a loose, a lot of things to talk about, Final Four, USFL, NFL special, coming up live on River City Media, April the 28th. We'll have more details about that here later tonight. We're going to talk a little about the Titans and the Falcons and what they need to get done in the draft. But I want to start with some breaking news out of Tampa. If everybody hasn't seen it, on uh, our group text, our friend, uh, dear friend of the show, Dave Hicks, just posted this from Peter King at Sports Illustrated. Bruce Arians, let me, Robbie, I want to get you out. Uh, I'm going to move this in front of me. There yeah, you I was go.
1: Hey, why you got to cut me out?
2: <laughs> Bruce Arians retiring from coaching, moving to the Buccaneers front of our office. Reports. Defensive coordinator, former head coach in the NFL, Todd Bowles, picked to to replace him. Staff being told this hour, first reaction for Robbie, I'm sorry to say my first reaction was not good for Todd Bowles, bad for Bruce Arians, but what does this do for Tom Brady unretiring?
1: Yeah, this seems like what we—the smoke we've all seen. Um, they won a Super Bowl together, but Bruce Arians and Tom Brady didn't see eye to eye. And then we hear Brady retiring almost because of Arians, or at least that's a reason. Then he comes back, and then there's this Miami talk. And now Arians retires. I'm sorry unless you're Bill Parcells, very few people retire with a Super Bowl roster. So this leads me to believe that all the smoke we have heard over the last year and a half is actually fire. And this is Tampa Bay ownership saying, hey, we've got one more year this window. Let's go do the thing. We need Tom Brady happy. And he's not happy with Arians. And so put Bowles in there, who's the de- defensive coach. Essentially, you're, what you're saying is you coach the defense, Tom Brady, you coach the offense.
2: Exactly was my thought. Mm-hmm. Is Tom Brady now becomes, hey guys, I, I, I get very few things right in life, but I do love the River City media split that we just put up. Let's go to Brandon Chain. You heard the question. Arians is out. Todd Bowles is in. Uh, I, My first thought was Tom Brady is the offensive coordinator in name now of the Tampa Bay Bucks.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree with both of you guys on that one. Uh, like Robbie said, there's there's been some talk of that and uh, kind of behind-the-scenes smoke. And, yeah, I mean, you know, Tom Brady coming back to keep him on your roster, keep him happy. Like you said, it's a very small window, Um and after the trade talks, he knew something, something was really going on there. And I think the front office just said, hey, you know, you got to get out or, you know, we're going to lose this window. So uh, Todd Bowles, uh, I think that's a good fit. I, I like him. He's a good coach, former head coach. Um, and I think he can steer clear of Brady and allow him to run his offense. So,
1: um, well, and they're still in the worst division in football. Correct. Correct.
2: I don't know if it's the worst division. We got Marcus don't and feel like I ain't even faking it. Ross, <laughs> one question I have for you. And, and, and it, it was the second thought I had is, of course, today we'll get to later. NFL mandated that you must hire a minority or a female to work on your offensive staff on all 32 NFL teams. Todd Bowles an African-American. Could this possibly have anything to do with the hire? Sorry, was that to me? Garage, garage. Oh, sorry. Whoa! Check out the graphics.
3: Damn, bro. By time like you look
2: up. And hold on. Another thing. After a year together, get a new keyboard. I finally discovered what makes our clicking noise constantly every time you. <laughs> t- you were barring our med- our new meteor out. So,
3: gotta have a new Play keyboard my- for Raj. I'm a. I type with purpose, but blame my company where my keyboard and my laptop died. And because of COVID, even though we are a fortune five company and uh, worth 200 billion, uh, I can't get it to replace my keyboard. So I had to buy my own crap hole keyboard. So maybe blame Logitech and my company whose name shall remain nameless. To answer your question. No, I think it's exactly uh, a great defensive mind. What Robbie said and uh, an offensive guy, uh, Leftwich is still there, correct? Uh,
1: no, he's what in I read.
3: Oh, he's in Jacksonville. Oh, that's right, he did go to Jacksonville. Uh, but you know, I don't know if you guys discussed, but last year, uh, one of Brady's former teammates, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rich Ornberger said that he, he was the one that broke the story, and basically said that one thing that he heard was Leftwich and Arians, or Leftwich and Brady, would be going over offensive game plans. In the mornings, every single day, and Arians just happened to be there because he was rehabbing that Achilles that he hurt comically. Sorry, Achilles are horrible injuries, but that guy was like Humpty Dumpty falling over. Uh, and then Arians would like redline their game plan at the last second, and both of them felt extremely undermined. Again, I'm sorry I'm late if you guys already discussed this, But you don't undermine the greatest player of all time and your offensive coordinator, uh, let alone when you've won a Super Bowl. Um, No, I don't think the minority uh, mandate had anything to do with anything. Uh, I I think it was uh, just if Brady's coming back, this is the condition. I'm sick of this. Uh, You know, Brady is fairly uh, reserved in the media, more or less. We all know that he likes the camera on him. But Arians uh, is certainly narcissistic, and uh, if there's any chance to be on camera he was going to take it. I'm not saying that camera was a relative factor. I'm just saying that, you know, that goes along with Arians' personality, that he's got to be the focal point of the spotlight. He's got the personality to accompany that. Is that me? I'm getting static. Is that me? And I I cleared it, it on, go go ahead. Ahead. Oh, sweet. Um so no, I we have, have some personality clash. New man. Go really? ahead, Rod, finish up. I got I I would just say personality clash and if Brady's coming back for one more, then he doesn't want to deal with that a-hole. So, Robbie, up to you real fast
2: is is Byron Leftwich and Jacksonville going I just left the chance to be the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks and I'm in Jackson Jacksonville because I think if he knows this, Leftwich gets the call above Bowles, or do you think it's still Bowles?
1: Um, I mean, I think it's what Brady wants, really. Um, and it, their relationship could have been, you know, they they may be stronger than him and both Look. There's 32 of these jobs, only 32. You get offered one, you take it. I don't think left which you can always say yeah if I would have stayed. I but man, if you get one of these, especially as a minority candidate, you take it. You you have to. I think he's going home to Jacksonville where he played, had a really successful career. Um, you got Trevor Lawrence. You got a. Uh, I don't know the term. Probably a five, six-year contract. You got five years of Trevor Lawrence to build in Jacksonville. You that—that's not a bad gig over one-year window with with Tom and Tampa Bay.
3: I think it's offense, Frederick. defense. It, it, you can't clash with a defensive uh, head coach versus an uh, offensive guy, and it, it's just less drama. Hey, this guy does that. We do our thing. Uh, it just made sense in my opinion. But sorry, Chan, go ahead. No uh, uh, so, so let me jump to the next question, chain, before you
2: go then, because he kind of answered mine chain yeah. is is tampa is Tampa become the is are they still the favorite in the NFC or is it the Rams to repeat? Where does this affect their Super Bowl championship aspirations?
1: Um,
0: I think there's I still like the Rams to repeat over over Brady coming back. They still got a few issues they need to figure out. Uh, I'm sure Gronk's going to end up resigning with them. But I think this all just happened as of late. Um, again, would have left which state if he would have known this was coming up. Who knows? Um, but I think he's got a better chance to build his name as a head coach in Jacksonville, you know, starting from the ground up with, a, you know, presumably franchise quarterback that's going to be there for a long time. So I like the move that he made there. And like Robbie said, I mean, when a job comes open, you got to, you got to take it. They're, they're very limited. And again, he's home. He he feels good there. Um, And I think Todd Bowles is a good fit. I I really do. Um, I I think he can steer clear of Brady. He, he knows how to be a head coach. He's done it before. Um, And he can still run the defense, so I don't think it really changes much on the Buck side of things as far as being competitive and still one of the favorites. But um, yeah, I like the I like the move for Leftwich.
1: Not saying Todd Bowles is Rex Ryan, but could you imagine if Rex Ryan had Tom Brady as quarterback instead of Matt, uh, Matthew or Mark Sanchez? Like, yeah. that's scary.
0: Right.
2: All right, guys. Let's uh, let's go ahead and knock out some business. We wanna, we wanna uh, bring in a sponsor for tonight's podcast, and it's a personal friend of mine. How many this time of the year, everyone looks at their front yard and they go, "Well, I'm gonna get around to it, lock my lawn sooner or later." If you're 55 years old and you're like me, the last thing you want to do is cut your yard. Give my friend Dylan a call at 423-290-6983 at Around to It Lawn Care. Kelly Breaver City Media I sent you and get some special pricing. Again, it's Dylan at Around to It Lawn Care, 423-290-6983 or... Email around to it, lawn lawncare at gmail.com. A dear, dear friend of the show, starting his own business. He's my yard guy. If he'll mow my yard, he'll mow anybody's yard. So I want to get around to the opening subject then.
3: I got to say real quick, that's a brilliant graphic and, uh, and name. Like I'll get around to it. I just figured it out. I, I dig that. That's a that's a nice graphic, and uh, I've never met Dylan. I appreciate his sponsorship, but uh, that's very clever, and I'm very impressed with that graphic. Because <laughs> you couldn't pay There's me Dylan. enough money to come up with something that creative. <laughs> yeah, me either. So Dylan's got. Do, his stuff do any of
1: you guys do your own yard
3: work? No, Occasionally, no, that... no. I've got kids in the neighborhood that need money. That's right. I grew up on the sand. do I've never to. had a yard before. I like to support local business. Yeah. Grass is yeah. tough. If, if you are local, call Around
2: To It Lawn Care Dylan or email him at Around To It care at gmail.com. Robbie Davis, let's get to the right. final four, lead eight. As it broke, we started two weeks ago and said this tournament's going to be filled with upsets this tournament's going to be everything, you know, it's going to be crazy, it's going to be this. Then we all filled out our brackets and just put chalk in there. But at the end of the day, it is four blue blood programs that makes it to the final four. And all the craziness, the St. Peter's and the Kentucky out in round one, Tennessee out in round two, Michigan at 11 seed, it gets back to Villanova. North Carolina, Kansas, and why did I forget the four team? Uh, Duke. Duke. Duke,
3: (laughs) Duke. That's kind of a big
0: deal.
2: Yeah,
3: those are hard to forget. I've never heard of them this year. (laughs) It comes
2: back to four schools that we've all talked about for the last two decades. What happened? I
1: don't want to – don't, I guess we are, we are reckless speculation, so I guess I am going to go there. What does it go back to? Uh, a little bit of money, a little bit of whistles, a little bit of what they want to happen. Look, North Carolina, they were playing great. This was, this was a misseeded tournament from the get-go. Um, North Carolina was play, playing um, hot at the end of the year. Um but you know it was Villanova. Look, look, you got th- so Coach K, Jay Wright, and Bill Self—some of the three of the top fifteen coaches of all time in college basketball. Hubert Davis True. now putting his stamp on things. But Carolina's this. This is what talent does in the tournament. Um, what do I think? I mean, yeah, it, it's. It's going to be great, man. I'm excited. Um, I, I'm one of those – I don't necessarily like the underdogs going all the way to the Final Four because I want the best teams. Like, like if St. Peter's was in here, um, they, they were fun to watch. But, yeah, given a good coach, a good program, more talented a week to prepare, it would have been a blowout just like it was against North Carolina. So, I don't want that. Um but yeah, I mean, this is—I mean—the tournament was fun. The tournament, I mean, it—it it is what it is. Like, it's always entertaining. A lot of upsets. Um, what do I take away from it? Not much, man. I mean, the—the the best players and, and absent Villanova, who I think we may get to this later. I think Jay Wright's the best coach in the game. Um, I think so too. Um and then you have Duke, North Carolina, and Kansas just get the best
2: talent. Um but yeah, so that's that's my takeaway. Well if we'll remember our special guest Roy Panky was on here and he mentioned three times Kansas, Kansas, yeah. Kansas, Kansas. I picked Jay, what was your takeaway from the tournament?
0: It's a crazy tournament. Um always fun. And I think You know, as you start to get in this tournament, if you can survive, you know that first initial game and get out of that first round, even the second is tough. You really start building some momentum, and that's when I think a lot of the coaching experience comes into play that matches with the talent on your roster. You really know how to coach these guys up in the tournament. It's not a best out of seven. It's you know, you know, survive in advance and. I think the coaching really has shown that you know with this experience they they've been able to mesh this talent. It's like I mean Kansas, their defense hasn't been that great all year. They're, as of late, man, their defense has been on fire. Um, and Duke is, is the Duke that we expected this year. You know, after towards the end of the season and in the tournament and everything, when North Carolina won. Um, I was like, Duke. i had Duke going out in like the first or second round just because they they look terrible. But, I mean, look what this talented team can do. And, you know, I think Coach K's last two rounds building some momentum. I think these guys are playing harder for them. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you've got four blue blood programs um, that have know how to survive in a tournament like this. And I think experience goes a long way to get these kids – to understand how to play in each game.
2: We killed the ACC, and now they have 50% of the Final Four. Raj, your
3: thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's uh, – if you don't get snake-bit with teams this talented in the early rounds, then the tournament is a, is a war of attrition. Duke is probably the most talented team, at least starting five in the country. Mm -hmm. Again, if they can get past those first games, you know, Kentucky couldn't do it. They were ridiculously talented. Uh, Calipari has shown before that it can come together and work for him. Uh, But, you know, one thing about Duke is they had a couple key pieces in uh, Wendell Moore and uh, that Roach kid that were a little bit older. And Wendell Moore's in his third year. He got much better. Uh, He's kind of a steadying force. Then you have a go-to guy who's a freak in Vanchero. Just an uber-talented team. They've got Mark Williams, a big center. Uh, If you look at them statistically throughout the tournament, different guys have been the high assist man. Usually Vanchero's the high points guy, but he takes way more shots and gets to the line more than anyone. Um, But, you know, yeah, they do get some favorable whistles. It was a bit funny, and some would say classless and unprofessional. When Arkansas was asked, uh, when Note was asked about Duke, and he basically, you know, said that coming in we knew that, you know, against a team like Duke, you're not going to get those calls, insinuating that you had to uh, plan accordingly. And then um, Musselman laughed, and uh, the big kid, uh, what's his name? That kid was awesome in the tournament.
1: Williams.
0: Uh, uh,
3: Yes, Williams started laughing. Um, Wasn't a great look, but it's true. However. That was a tough game, and and I give Duke, you know, first three minutes, I thought Duke was going to roll, uh, Texas Tech was going to roll them, um, you know, creating turnovers, this and that. But uh, you know, every year teams have close calls. I go back to like UCLA in '95, Tyus Edney against Missouri had to go the length of the court in five seconds. Uh, they were far better than Missouri. They end up winning it all fairly comfortably. Uh, this, you know. Again, talent generally reigns supreme. Every now and then, an eleven seed gets there, uh, or a later seed. But you know, if you look at these four teams, they're aside from Kentucky, arguably the four more most talented teams in the country. Um, you know, we could put Arizona there offensively, but we all saw they're soft and they don't play defense. Um, you know, the cream rises to the to the top, and it's just a shame that uh, that more from Villanova got hurt on. You know, last, one of the last plays of the game. You could see it happen in basketball like a knee. That Achilles is just the biggest fear there is. Um, you know, Justin Moore is a big guard who does it all. He and Colin Gillespie, he, he's, uh, he rebounds. He, that's just a typical Jay Wright kid that does it all. Tough as nails. Great defensively. It's a massive loss. Um, again, especially for a team that's not nearly as deep as the team they are playing. Who, uh, yeah, I did pick them all in one of my ten dollars pools, uh, but I also picked Arizona and uh, yeah, multiple bracket guy. Yeah, like four. Uh, oh. I still will lose them all, but yeah, I mean, uh, that's gonna kill them. But yeah, you look at four teams and they're all like, especially starting five, the four most talented starting fives in the country, in my opinion.
2: All right, so, Robbie,
3: let's. Uh, you got some follow up comments.
1: Yeah, can I get up. You know, we, we need a random ramp button for me? So so that's what the, the show N- is. The NCAA. This is this is just a public service free business advice for you guys. You guys have to get the officiating professionally under control because your window for making money is this tournament. And the NFL is shrinking your window more and more. And I promise you, if you have these terrible officiating games, the gambling is now wor- worldwide, America-wide. This is not the gambling tournament that it used to be. It's gonna, And putting on TBS and switching with TBS and CBS, right now, so you're going to have Duke Carolina. They're going to draw a low number – saturday because it's on cable not network or vice versa but anyway nothing new but yeah like you got to get the officiant you can't have your star sitting out for two fouls in the first half like they did with for the
2: gonzaga game well let's uh let's work let's work our way into this let's start with north carolina duke um i kind of looked at some of the stats And what's amazing to me is both of these gangs feature polar opposites when it comes to shooting. North Carolina, 108 in the nation in shooting, 45.2%. Duke, a third in the nation in shooting, 49.4%. Is this the case of North Carolina started shooting better in the tournament, or is it the case, Jane, that defense rules the day in the tournament?
0: Well, it's hard to argue Carolina's defense, the way they've been playing lately. um, That's kept them in a lot of games and and winning. So, But, yeah, you know, I think it's a little of both. I mean, you've got to be able to score the ball as well, especially, you know, they know how to play Duke. They beat them a couple times, but not this Duke team, not the team that's playing right now. This Duke team, I mean, they've, they've really got a shot to to really send Coach K out with a bang here. Um, I was just super impressed. So, uh, I mean, looked like a completely different team to me uh, the last couple of weeks down the stretch. So, um, But, yeah, you know, Carolina – I just don't think their defense can keep up with their this offensive team, and I just I know they beat them already this year, um, but I I just if Duke plays like that, I don't think anybody can beat them.
2: Robbie, a question to you: same question about the shooting, but I also want to add one other caveat to this. Um, how? North Carolina has Badcock underneath, big arms, big legs, big big player, but Duke has both Banchero and Williams. How are you going to keep those two monsters off the board in this, boards in this game? I know Banchero averages about 10 or 11 boards a game, but Banchero and Williams both, I mean, to me, it looks like Duke has the advantage underneath.
1: Yeah, so part of Carolina's, problem and part of why the numbers don't tell a true story is because it's hubert davis's first year right so he went from a carolina program under roy williams that was post-centric and so it was throw the ball in try to shoot in the other basket now they're getting into a three-point more warriors type metrics money ball if you will system and so early in the season i mean Heck, uh, Tennessee beat the doors off of Carolina um, early in the season, but it was just because they were transitioning. Now they've transitioned into more of this three-point system that Hubert Davis is going to run. Um, th- the way you beat, and answer your second question, so that's my first answer. Like, Don't worry about statistics year-long. Look at the last month. That's what's the true statistics because they've gotten the system. The second part of the question, how do you combat Duke? Is you make them play your game. Um, Yeah, get get those guys out. And I think, sadly, I predict this game's going to end in foul trouble. I think it's going to be who gets in foul trouble first. You have a lot of good athletes. You have a lot of bodies flying around. And – this is where college refereeing has to get better. But that's my prediction. Whoever wins the
2: foul trouble in the first half wins the game. We'll get an official prediction from you shortly. Raj, building off what the other two guys said, who is the be- who is the one guy? Who is the one guy that can dominate this game from either side?
3: Panchero. Uh, you know, built – pretty similar to Baycott but he can do it all he's got guard skills he's very quick he's very strong um, one thing about North Carolina yet yeah, they have Baycott and they have Manic. you know Manic would much rather you know stand 15 feet away from the basket than bang um, whereas Duke has multiple guys that are going to hit the rim especially Williams and Manic's very slow uh, with his feet Um, So Duke is certainly going to be more active uh, on the inside. Yeah, these teams split during the regular season. Odd thing being is each one at the other's house, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, I think that's going to be a big deal is just Duke's athleticism. Now that can be counteracted by, uh, you know, making shots. And uh, that's the great equalizer. Uh, One thing about North Carolina is, you know, they've killed people on the boards in the tournament. A lot of offensive rebounds, a lot of second chance shots, third chance. So sometimes their shooting percentages can be skewed. One, another thing about them is, again, I said this is a a war of attrition in the tournament. They've had four different guys as their leading scorer in each game. A different guy, Manic with 28, Davis with 30. I think that's his career high. Uh, Baycott had 20 in the last game, and that was uh, the only guy that did. And then if you saw UCLA, Caleb Love just went unconscious. Um, As opposed to Duke, who did have different guys stepping up, they've got three or four dudes that can go off for 30 any night. And that's a a pretty vital thing to have. And although Duke has the advantage with matchups and physically – in the post, uh, North Carolina's just got this ability to have the next man up, and uh, something tells me that they're going to show up.
2: So Randall will step out on the reckless speculation that Robbie hinted at. Right now, the line is Duke minus four. North Carolina, the total is one fifty-one. My best bet, my bet, your nuts is going to come from this game, but it's not. It's not anywhere that I, I'm gonna give out right now. There is no way this referee crew lets Duke's run in in the semifinal. I believe you'll get a better called game in the final, but somehow Coach K is getting to the finals, no doubt about you it. Have to, so Look,
1: you, you have to remember, they lost X amount of money On COVID canceling this tournament. They've got to recoup that. How do you recoup that? Duke winning it.
3: It's already insufferable. It's been insufferable for the last three months. Just prepare yourselves, America, because it's going to be – we're going to hear about it for the next 10 years. Um, Duke wins. It's going to be brutal. Straight up.
1: And I'm pissed at myself for not thinking about that when I filled out my
3: bracket. I mean, they've looked terrible towards the end. Nobody knew they'd come together like this. And if you pick a bracket based upon conspiracy at the beginning, only you would do that. But, you know, the talent came together, dude. I mean, you can't – you you never know. It could have been Kentucky. Let's get – Let's let's move on.
0: It's completely different, Duke.
2: Robbie,
3: Duke? Yeah. Yeah. Rods, Duke is what I heard. North Carolina to cover – duke to win unfortunately
2: all right mr chain we have heard your opinion let's
0: yeah i think duke duke covers i think it's probably closer to eight to ten point game duke's favor
2: all right let's move over before we run out of time same question kansas villanova roy panky was on and i I actually text roy and i was like kansas and he kept telling me kansas 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 shoots worse than North Carolina, an outstanding 215th in the nation, 43%. Kansas, and I do believe, Robbie, you are correct. Jay Rott is the best coach in America. Kansas is a four and a half point favorite. How does this game play out, Robbie?
1: If um, the young kid didn't tear his Achilles tendon. I'd say I would take Villanova every day, all day, three times on Sunday. Um, I do worry that that, because Villanova's lack of depth has been a problem all year. They've had uh, problems with health-wise, COVID stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think Kansas covers, but I think Kansas is just too deep for them in this matchup. It's a lot like when Tom Izzo loses in these final four games. He, Jay Wright's still a better coach,
2: but the horses are with Kansas. Kansas wins and moves on. Justin Moore, Raj, was playing 34 minutes a game shooting 43% from the four, from the three arc. Villanova, as Robbie just laid it out, has got a challenge ahead of him with
3: this Kansas team. Yeah, Moore was, in my opinion, their best defensive player as well. Uh, it, it is, again, a game of attrition. Villanova makes up for that by, you know, I've, I've ridden them very far, in my opinion. It, it, that's another thing, Robbie, aside from talent and headlines is teams playing together and the best coach team yeah. and that's easily Villanova. Uh, again I agree if Moore doesn't go down I'd take them I could see them flustering this Kansas team that's extremely shoot first dudes that love to put it up with Remy Martin, Obaji and, and uh, Braun uh, you know they, they can get the ball inside with McCormick but he's not exactly the most efficient score in the world down low Uh, He he doesn't really quite have the hands that you'd like to see down there. Um, But if we saw against Miami, Kansas has horses. Uh, They go seven, eight, sometimes even nine deep. Uh, Again, a kid like Remy Martin, who was a star at Arizona State, uh, is their sixth man. And he's led them in scoring three out of the four games. Just too much firepower, in my opinion, uh, which is a shame because Villanova would be a great Villanova beating Duke would be like my wet dream in college basketball this year. But uh, when a kid pops his Achilles, a kid like that, I can't see them overcoming it. Um, now they do have a lot of talent on that roster. Kids that haven't played as much uh, need to step up. Uh, there's one kid who's a, I think he's a five star that I can't recall his name right now. But you just don't replace Justin Moore. He does too many things. He's kind of like magic in the uh, like 1980 championship for the Lakers. The kid can literally play all five positions and it's not just based on size and strength. It's it's intelligence. He knows each position where to go in that offense. More importantly, what to do on defense. Uh, Fairly irreplaceable kid like Gillespie, who we saw last year when he went down uh, Nova went down early and not quite the heart leader like Gillespie is for that team. And, a darling for basically being a blue collar steel worker who plays 180%, but I can't see them overcoming Justin Moore, just brutal loss, especially against a team with horses much tougher than Kansas,
2: but to make, to make your point chain to make Roger's point even greater. Kansas is the, has two people that play over 30 minutes. Everyone else in the tournament has at least four guys playing over 30 minutes. Kansas maybe the deepest team. They have four guys playing right around the 22 minute mark without Justin Moore. It's going to be a nightmare matchup for Villanova. It
0: is. You guys all hit the nail on the head there. I mean, they just, they're not going to, they're a skeleton team already in depth and overcoming, you know, arguably best player on their team or top two anyway. Um, They're just not going to do it. And they, they can't run with this Kansas team and, you know, Kansas held a hot Miami team. Their defense is starting to mesh well and, and step up. You know, to 50 points, so
3: they
0: were um, awesome. That's that's going to be trouble too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I don't think it's going to be a close game either. Uh, I think this one might be a little, little bit more than a line as well.
3: Bill Self, say what you will about him, he knows his team, and he is a master of substitutions, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, a lot better than Calipari when it comes to that. So
2: my official pick, and I'll go around before we move on, give me Kansas. Give me Kansas to cover. Matter of fact, I think this could get big in the second half, uh, double digits. So give me the Jayhawks. So congratulations, Jay-Rot and Villanova. You're going to the final game because I just picked Kansas. Robbie Davis.
1: Um. As much as I love Villanova and Jay Wright, Kansas is a play here.
3: Rod meta. It's kind of funny. Both games are four-point spreads in the Final Four. Uh, Vegas just messing with us per usual. I don't know about the spread because I think Villanova just will not give up. Way more heart, way more tough than Kansas. But Kansas wins. They're too deep, too much. Justin Moore is playing. I'm Villanova all day. He's certainly worth four points, but uh, in this particular matchup, again I don't I don't know about the spread, but I think Villanova keeps it under double digits just because they're too tough, too much heart, but Kansas wins the game. Shane?
0: Yeah, I mean this unfortunate for Nova um, in this situation that that happened because like you guys said they they had a chance you know, to make it to the final game here. So easy pick now. Um, I think it's Kansas. I think the cover, and I agree with you, Randall, that it could get upwards of double digits towards the end of the second half.
2: Not, not that we'll break down the last game. We've all picked it to be Kansas and Duke. But if you're going to come out, Robbie, with an overall champion, are you going to Blue Devils just on the theory that there's no way they don't win
1: No, um, Kansas can smother you, like, as much as Blanchero and Roach and as much talent as Duke has, Kansas can swarm you, uh, I don't know yet, man, I don't know how, I have to break that matchup, but no, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Duke could win this, um. All four of these teams are really good.
2: Rod, that do
3: you want to give us an overall winner? Well, one thing about Nova, the kid I was thinking of was uh, Longino, Jordan Longino, or uh, he's was a four- and five-star in some respects. Funny thing about Villanova and Jay Wright, they've got Longino played, 26, played in 26 games. Uh, Archie Adon- uh, Archie, I can never pronounce that kid's name, the dude's little brother, uh, played in 34. Brian Antoine played in 19. These guys all average under two points per game. It's not like Nova was blowing people out. Jay Wright is also a master of substitution, but he preaches defense more than anything. So you got a five-star, four-star kid that is not, again, the size of Justin Moore, but they've got a shot. And these kids know the system, and they play defense. Unlike most uh, kids that don't play and you come on off the bench, they don't play defense, but this team does. So I wouldn't write out Villanova. Again, easily the best coach team. But to answer your question, yeah, I think Duke has got too much, including the mojo and uh, the non-legal mojo, as we've alluded toward, uh, just too much talent.
2: Shane, overall final winner.
0: Yeah, I'm on the Duke train as well. Um, if this team continues to play that well, you know, against Arkansas, that was that was a great game, and their offensive firepower, too much talent. Um, even that, I mean, what's that freshman? Um, their guard, he's been playing really well, Trevor Kills or whatever. Yeah, I mean he's easily a top five guard in the country next year.
1: They have two top five draft picks on their roster. Like they're insane.
0: Yeah, I mean that it's you know little little favor from the whistle side too. I just I don't see this team losing as well right now.
3: We all picked Duke like our puppy just died, and then we have I to know. give our pick like Duke. Like I said, I had him going
0: out in like the second round, so I'm not happy about it, but whatever. Yeah, I'd I, I'm i going to go
2: back to Roy Panky's Kansas pick, and I'm going to ride out with the Jayhawks. We'll see how it goes. But we'd be remiss. We are Chattanooga-based if we didn't mention I would
1: bet on Kansas of these four. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, And to me, somewhat of a shocking move today, just to give you all some information, Dan Earl is named the head coach of the Chattanooga Mocs, replacing Lamonté Paris. Dan Earl gets this job with a 346 winning percentage at VMI, a place that's tough to win. I get it. But you would think uh, UTC with the reputation of Mac McCarthy, Paris now, McCarthy, of course, left uh, for VCU. Now Paris leaves for Southern, our uh, little USC, South Carolina. Does it <laughs> surprise you the Mock stayed within the Southern Conference, hire a head coach with a sub under 400 winning percentage, the guy has a sparkling reputation at BMI. Robbie, it didn't add up to me.
1: Well, I think your question led to the answer. So UTC has tried to hire these up-and-comers. They come, they win, they move on. They do a great job. Well, why not try to hire somebody who's in the conference that could be a lifer in here, or at least for a, you know, five or six year run, not an up and comer. You're at VMI. Hey, VMI is not an easy place to win. It's the same thing as like, you know, Navy football or army football. Uh,
2: Ironically associate head coach at Navy prior to VMI's coaching job.
1: Yeah. You can go three and seven at army and football and still be a dang good coach. So, your record does not necessarily correlate how good you are as a coach. So, in that sense, I can see this for you, you UTC, because what, what good is it to keep changing over coaches, get some stability in the program, and see how that works?
3: Good point. Rod, your thought? Uh, this was a Southern Conference Coach of the Year with a 500 record overall and in the conference for a reason. VMI is easily the hardest school, uh, not only in the SOCON, but probably in one of the few in the South to win at. I'm surprised there isn't D1. Uh, no resources. Uh, Dan Earl was uh, under Ed DeCellis at uh, Penn State. Uh, he knows what he's doing. And, and yeah, he, he went to Navy. He's been to all these places and paid his dues. It's one thing about Chattanooga and the athletic department. They are Brilliant when it comes to hiring coaches yeah. in basketball. Stepping stone guys. I wish U.S. Every major school were like these guys that has turnover. Um, they know what they're doing. Dan Earl, you know UTC exponentially more talented. They split with them, barely beating them at home and losing uh, at VMI, or actually the other way around. Um, you know they saw them play and they knew that that this dude can coach. And I agree. I don't think he's a lifer. I think he's going to win here as UTC has become a great stepping stool program, a a place for, uh, you know, second chances, redemption projects like D'Souza, Um, you name it. Kids come here and uh, it's a great step. Will Wade back, right? Exactly. I mean, Will Wade once upon a time was a great coach before he sold his soul, (laughs) but you know, they've done a great job, and I think they know what they're doing. Again, SOCON Coach of the Year with 500 records across the board means that everybody else recognizes that this dude has done the near impossible at a program that shouldn't even have a T1 basketball team. But thank you for your service. All right, Shane, you got any
2: thoughts on it? or
0: I kind of agree with Robbie's theory a little bit. Um, instead of going on this coaching carousel, uh, you know, try and keep somebody for, you know, five, seven years. So, yeah, I think it's good hire.
2: Uh, we lost somebody. Uh,
3: I guess we lost Rob. Th-
2: if so you want to go mix a drink, don't just leave your camera on while I got the graphic up. <laughs> well, this is the perfect time to move on. Let's move on to the MLB subject of the night. MLB's just around the corner. And I know for two guys, that's great news. Uh, Usually this is where I switch into my one-month dedication to Major League Baseball before I get distracted by NFL training camps. And then I come back in about September. But I wanted to talk about – I read an article and saw uh, recently an article from MLB.com rating – and by the way, I had the Dodgers – Listed as maybe the best lineup of all time. Uh, I no. looked at four lineups, and I really I, I, I picked out four teams that I want to talk about just a little bit. And we'll start with said Dodgers. Mookie at the top, Freddie in the two-hole, Trey Turner in the three-hole, Mac, M- Max Muncie in the four-hole, Will Smith in the five-hole, Justin Turner in the six-hole. And I think this is where it comes apart a little bit for the Dodgers. I do not think Cody Bellinger is the player he was three years ago, by far. And the metrics, the Sabre metrics would show that at best, Cody Bellinger is an average player now. Chris Taylor in left field and A.J. Pollock as a hitter. They rank that lineup as the best. Roger, it's hard for me to argue one through four that that's not as good as there is in the major leagues. But the bottom of that lineup It gets a little sketchy to me. Do you
3: see that? No. Um, Bellinger is struggling. It's like Serrano. Everybody goes off speed and he chases right now. Uh, One thing about Bellinger is he's a former MVP, or yeah, he is. And uh, he's an amazing center fielder. So defensively, they're one of the best in baseball. You've got all stars at every position. They've got probably the best young catcher, if not overall catcher in the game and Will Smith. Now you've got a guy who, you know, the Braves, I love what they did, but you can't underestimate the value of Freddie Freeman, especially in the two hole, what he does, what he does for moving over. You you know, Mookie Betts was hurt last year. Let's not forget how great he is. He's probably a hall of famer, Uh, Freddie Freeman, hall of famer, you know, uh, If you go down the line, you've got power. You've got speed. Trey Turner is irreplaceable. Pollock last year killed it. Uh, Chris Taylor was an all-star who can play. You know, the Dodgers love versatility. They can mix in all these guys, including their bench. uh, Getting Lamb, they let go of a guy, Matt Beatty, who did pretty well. But as a 29-year-old first baseman and not even that great of a defensive first baseman, there wasn't much room for him. And they went for Jonathan Villar and uh, Lamb, Kit – Dudes that have versatility that have proven they can hit. Um, You know, Alex Anthopoulos from the Braves is uh, a disciple, a protege of the Dodgers GM, Andrew Friedman. It's all about versatility, uh, about bullpen, and uh, about contact hitting. And the Dodgers do that better than anybody. Are they the best? uh, I mean, that stuff's lame. No, they're not. Who cares? Uh, and plus, it doesn't matter. Last year, the Dodgers won what 110 games. Whatever they won, they couldn't hit in the postseason. Except, ironically, one guy who hit 353, and that was Cody Bellinger. Uh, the potential is there to be just outstandingly dynamic. But you know, they don't have the starting rotation depth right now. They have a lot of injuries. You know, their bullpen is good, but it depends on dudes' health. Uh, not as good as the Braves, that's for sure. So. Anointing them now is just stupid, in my opinion. We saw what happens last year when you get starters hurt. The, yeah, I think bothers, they're the best overall lineup. Um, what people said they were the before they got Freeman. But, they, no, I don't think the, the bottom is, is very bad. I think they have the best bottom part of the order in baseball.
2: The pin does bother me on the backside. Uh, Robbie, you got any comment, best lineup in baseball?
1: Um. Not really. <laughs> no,
2: no, I will, I will say to that. that, will...
3: that no, oh, nah, seriously. Wait, wait no, are you I'm saying you don't wrong. have a comment, or they're not the best? No, line I was, no, I, I was so. just
2: trying to throw him a little bit. It really comes down. No, he you know no, Did, just, did the Braves? Did the Braves do the right thing, not paying Freddie, and letting him walk? Is it? Is it true that? small market teams cannot afford their superstars always
1: well so this is my theory what the braves did is so they won the championship obviously and they took a gamble and they said we can bring somebody in to replace his numbers which is uh Moneyball 101 just mm-hmm. an, it's just a numbers issue and then freddie freeman went to the dodgers well can you can you replace that locker room? Because the one thing I took away from watching the Braves last year is they loved each other and they played together. And so I don't think you can, like, there's a reason why you can say, yeah, the Red Sox have won with the money ball philosophy. um, And that may be true. They won with the best players also, but Atlanta last year had the best locker room. And the Dodgers in the past have had the best locker room too. Like it's tough it's a hundred and sixty-two day or game grind. Look, if you don't like what you're doing, like it doesn't matter I don't care how well you are paid. If you don't like what you're doing, if you don't like coming to work, the money's irrelevant. You don't like being there. And that's something that's hard to replace.
2: Good point. Change. If it comes down in the world of baseball uh, to dollars and cents, there's kind of one that's the exception of this. We didn't talk about it, but there is the White Sox and the Rays and these teams that are able to do it year in, year out on a limited budget. Are they just doing it better than everybody else? Or is there a science to this, as Robbie said, money ball wise? I think there's definitely a
0: little bit of a science and, you know, getting players and egos to mesh well. Um, certainly on paper, LA is the favorite. Um, but again, that's just paper. It comes down to, yeah. you know, making it to the postseason. And then it's the hot team. It's not always the best talented team that wins. I and mean, we've seen that year in and year out. Now, last year, you know, the Braves made some great pickups midseason – um, and Jorge Soler was one of them. He was a huge factor in the postseason. Um, and, you know, I hated to see that guy go uh, from the Braves. I wish they could have kept him around. But, I, you know, I get – I'm not a hardcore Braves fan like, like you, and I, I get what Freeman meant to the Braves and the fans and, uh, you know, understanding that. But at the same time, it is business. Um, you're getting a younger – talent that is comparable to Freeman. Um, I think what he you have?
2: Uh,
3: Matt think, Olson.
0: Yeah, Matt Olson, 39 home runs last year. I mean, I think he's averaged close to um, Freeman's batting average, um, more RBIs, uh, also a good defender on first. So, you know, I, I think it's a good move for the Braves. Um and, and also, the Dodgers do what the Dodgers do. I mean, they always have a star-studded lineup. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily give you the the championship at the end of the year. So, um, it, it's, you know, going to come down to the postseason again.
3: Right, One thing about both teams quickly is, yeah, Tampa as well. Those three teams are brilliant. Versatility, defense, short-term contracts. Now, the Dodgers have kind of – Strayed from their philosophy, but they did it with Mookie, who was young, not exactly given a 31-year-old Pujols a 10-year contract like the Angels did, um, and Freeman, who's a front-loaded options six-year deal. They, you know, they just needed that guy, that presence, that glue, that first baseman. You know, uh, I love Max Muncy, but he's not a natural first baseman. He made a dumb move and got hurt in the last uh, game of the year. They emphasized bullpen. You know, the Braves signing Colin McHugh for two years, $10 million, uh, getting Rosario for what they got him for. Just brilliant, versatile contracts, versatile defensively, contact hitters that don't strike out. Uh, tons, again, I said defense. All three of those teams have the same same uh, philosophy. And sure that L.A. has more money, but when you look at L.A., uh, you know, again, only those two were, were really purchased, Bueller, Kershaw, Urias. Uh, you know, they did pay for Bauer. Look how that turned out. But that was only a three-year deal. Uh, Vessia, Bickford, Trinan, who was a reclamation project. Will Smith, Chris Taylor, Justin Turner, uh, Trey Turner, they they did trade for, but that's because they needed one more year after Seeger left because they couldn't afford him. Uh, Pollock reclamation, Bellinger through the system, Muncie through the system. They do have a high payroll, but that's because they have shown – a willingness to pay guys that were, were due. But when certain guys like Seeger, they couldn't afford, they had to let him walk and they had insurance uh, policy, just like Atlanta. Atlanta is a less uh, kind of lower market, even though Atlanta is a huge market, uh, sort of more money ball. As, as Robin Atlanta said, is owned so.
2: by a corporation where the Dodgers are owned by individuals. That's a huge They are difference.
3: now. Uh, they weren't back in the day, a parking lot owner in McCourt. Uh, but Yeah. Both of those teams have great bullpens like the Rays and uh, you know, I think Atlanta did phenomenally this off season, but Robbie's right. You don't replace what Freddie Freeman was to the Braves to go from Chipper to Freeman, even Freem- uh, Chipper said it, pay him whatever he wants, man. Chipper knows what he's worth. Yeah. And now yeah. that guy is gone. Yeah. There's Acuna and Albies, but it, you know, are those the vocal leaders and, and the veterans and, Again, uber-talented team, but you can't replace a guy like Freddie Freeman.
1: Well, the Cardinals did this mistake with Pujols, let him walk, and they haven't won since.
3: Um, and he, signed, he, he re-signed yesterday for one more year, but yeah, Pujols was vital to the Dodgers who had so many injuries, a lot yeah. of long relievers hurt, but Pujols was huge, hugged everybody after a homer. Um, they called him Uncle uh, uh, T.O. Albert, Uncle Albert. Yeah, but yeah, so the, the a real room is quick huge. Question
1: question for you guys. If you tell if you say the premise of this question, I have the best team, which sport do I want to win the championship for? Like what, which football. is my best way? College football. College
2: football.
0: Yeah.
1: Randall. College yeah. football. I say NBA, but that's interesting. Y'all are three or four of college football. You can get hot in the other there's three. NBA. And... There's few upsets in the NBA, but there's there two. Upsets. But hey, you can play I didn't think college football. That's a great. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised you guys all went. That's a great
3: one. Talent reigns supreme, but you look at a team like Detroit, who nobody like back in the day, Billups, Tashawn Prince, Wallace, or Toronto. That, that Kawhi yeah. team. They can play as a team, and they can get hot, even, and even they can can play defense. last
1: year, two years ago, I yeah. no, that was. Not
3: you know, arguably. I mean, Golden State's been probably the most talented team, and the last five years, they got one title. Before we I'd get go off go college subject, football, I want to wrap
2: up my thought on it because I really didn't expand on it. I think the Braves are built for a longer run than the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. And for the Braves to – It's not like the Braves have a minimal payroll. They have the eighth payroll. They have a Kuna signed to year 2032 or something ridiculous. Albie signed for another six years. The Braves will take a young talent and sign him a longer period. Where others, the other franchises won't buy people out of their last arbitration years. I've been asked multiple times how I feel about Freddie leaving, and I got nothing bad to say about Freddie. But I like the move for Atlanta. They 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 secured for eight years a first baseman that wants to be in Atlanta, begged to be in Atlanta. And I, you know, Freddie is a great. But I also think the leadership in this that team is due for a changeover. Hey, Brandon, a very
1: loud I was
0: going to ask. Two go ahead, right?
1: 195 uh, last year. Yeah, I was gonna ask four. So in, in in MLB, if I'm these braves players, I have a large distrust now for the franchise. So can I force my trade like you can in basketball or the NFL? Or is it just it are is the owners So ironclad that that doesn't happen in baseball.
2: I I, I don't know if the players in Atlanta have that distrust. If, 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 read all the articles, well,
1: how can you not? If I just spent my career with you and I won the world series and you just shoved me out the door, how how does that not reverberate or throughout the organization of you don't have my back as a player? I I will, guys said
2: that,
1: players said that.
0: I will
2: correct everybody a little
0: bit. I don't think, though, necessarily. Braves, no, let me make this one point. The Braves
2: were willing to go with Freddie where he we went. Freddie's agent very publicly gave Alex Anthropos one hour to sign a contract. He bullied Alex into a corner. At the same time, you have a 28-year-old that's saying, I will sign your long-term deal if you will trade for me. They had two years
3: to get an extension.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, what I'm getting. And I
3: don't, they had a I don't lockout. think the
1: Braves, if I'm a player,
3: they were moving on. They had, that's they the had same thing, but they bought
2: out an yeah. arbitration and gave $135 million. very no one rich very rich man he probably because could have the Braves bought out arbitration early.
1: Well, no, Brandon, you're th- this is a fan's perspective. Look at this, the players'
2: perspective. I, yeah. I think the players. He's got. said Tipper Jones supports what the Braves
3: did. He didn't. Jipper, he said to pay Jipper, him whatever he wants. He said he Jipper got it. Said, later, he Brady, said he, he got it, but initially he said the Braves less. were stupid. Yeah, he changed his perspective. At first, he said something totally different. I, I nobody. And, and then he, the became, a, am, and he I, became a owner of I and he became a company man.
2: So, didn't I the Braves offer him?
3: A major league team and say you have
1: one hour to sign a contract. Wasn't the I biggest think issue? And then they go
2: to your press conference Absolutely and you're bitter. You and they
3: do it the other way I around. I think that's BS too. I don't.
2: You, so none of us so were
3: there. Again, they could have gotten it's an extension. As,
2: as as everything all else. year, I think they knew what they, they were doing. They got their ring. Right. They built they for said, that ring. Hey, I think they're a better team in the long run than Matt
3: Olson. I really. one ninety-five.
2: Two years ago, usually he's like a yeah, during 250 a hitter. Year with an injury, got Got to let it play
3: out. Wasn't the biggest
0: injury. issue the the length of the contract, the years on the deal that the Braves offered. The, the
3: Braves, the Braves. Well, they gave Olson eight. eight. So right, so but they, I'm they, talking with Freddie. That was his
0: issue. He wanted six, and they offered what four or five.
2: The Braves offered more on the same contract that he signed with the Dodgers. Right. It, it, it became Freddie, danced with all the pretty girls, and
1: he
0: thought the he could get moved more on. Money.
1: Yeah. You can't get lost in the facts. It's the perception of the facts that what's, what matters. And He's so absolutely right. Atlanta players, what they perceive is the Braves turn their back on Freeman after he won them a World Series. That's the
3: problem. He's 32, not 40. Yeah, uh, you also, don't think, as a I don't player, think this is playing
2: out, of, out near as ugly in Atlanta as you perceive it is. Uh, as a player, you've got to
3: realize this out. is
0: a business, too. Yeah. Like, Freeman's gone. Yeah, this so, is, uh, it is.
2: again, it's it's going to come down to – If they don't win this year, what's
1: the difference? Freeman's gone. So, you better well, win. Yeah. That's, That's- I've got a
0: question for you, Randall. So, who who in on the roster – Can actually step up and be that locker room presence that freedom. So
2: the Braves won the World Series where Freddie hit like a buck 90. Right. This, this team is a very, this is the problem I have with everybody saying there's no leadership.
3: This team is a. And without Acuna. uh,
2: They they wanted Acuna without. They they
3: had Jorge Jorge Soler who who
0: hit like 350 in the postseason. Rosario
3: hit like 800.
2: Yeah. Rosario. So for the
3: Braves, it but was a yeah. trade. Leadership it was a is-
2: trade of Freddie Freeman for Matt Olson, Colin McHugh, Kelson Jenner, and Eddie Rosario. To me, as an organization, it's a win for the same money. It's no. ugly, but it's the fact of life when you don't have
3: $300 million for a payroll. That's I do big, think you're fanboying it a little bit, but I, I understand your perspective. Jansen was a great sign as a 34-year-old veteran who's seen it all. They know what they're doing, uh, but I don't think you can underestimate the value of Freddie Freeman, and I agree with Rob. Uh, it's a it's sport of loyalty. Yeah, it's money ball, and we all get it. Uh, you know, they got their ring, but then – So they kicked the guy out, and, and it was else? a bad look the way it went out. It was a really Who bad else? look, and then they blame the player – who was no, the heart no, of the no, team no, for 10 not. years. Oh, they blame the agent. And then you said it was a bad look for Freddie that Chipper said. Initially, he said it was Atlanta was stupid and the Dodgers should pay him whatever he wants. Um, and Freddie, There's a lot of optics here and there's a lot of politics and I feel like you're buying into them, but I think they did very well. There's no doubt about it. So but it's yeah, the difference for me
2: if you're – He's irreplaceable. Everybody assumes Everybody assumes that Atlanta owed Freddie Freeman something. My, even as a fan, my objection is Atlanta bought Freddie out of arbitration eight years ago, and made him a very wealthy man.
3: He was twenty-four. No, no, no. There's some loyalty that was owed on that side too.
2: Randall, you're looking
1: at an event. Freddie hit three oh
3: four in the postseason last yeah, year. Randall. Oh, 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 oh.
1: Randall, you're looking at an event. You're looking at Freddie Freeman in Atlanta. Look at the system. Back, zoom out. This is the problem. Exactly Atlanta is right. a corporate owned team, yes. corporation looking at money, looking at, the, they're not looking at individuals and the players. If they, I do believe they will pick up on this, and this is not an organization. You want to stay with if they turn your back on you.
2: So guys, the last thing I'll say the one the guy they got signed in twenty four hours. That's an event. And it's a it's a it's a franchise that's had a method. That has won for three decades.
1: Two championships with he's basically a clone of Freddie, by the way. Six the,
2: five, two twenty. Two championships great first pick had up. a
1: decade with the best players.
2: Fourteen years in the playoffs. You just I trust won. Alex Anthropoulos and I trust what was said in the press conference. Yeah, I like the brave. I don't want to I don't want to take it. He's, he's a great GM.
3: He's a great GM. I think they made
2: the right move for the franchise's long term health. And if we won't judge that this year,
3: we'll judge that
2: I mean, over the next eight years. They hit jackpot but,
3: with their system, just like you know, Tampa and LA with the farm. I mean, they got Acuna and and Albies, like good lord, two young, dynamic. That's the best again, young duo it's The way in the it's world. put
2: together is different. The Tampa yeah, Day I mean, the Tampa scouting. Bay Devil Raves puts it together even differently. I and I guess that's my point. they Major leagues has a system and no other sport has a salary system more than major league baseball and the teams that win stay with their system. I think the Braves, I'm not shocked last year after the playoffs, I was already saying Freddie will not be back when he didn't sign at the beginning of the year, last night, last year, I thought there was a very good chance Freddie would not be back.
3: So, I All get right, it, but, on. yeah, they did him dirty in the kids' eyes, in the players' eyes, I believe Rob. Agree to disagree. But Matt great. GM, great think team. The, he's very happy in Atlanta. And he's, yeah, he is. Yeah. He just made $30 million or whatever.
2: Yeah, he, he got the table. same money. So and let's from move Oakland. on to the NFL draft. The draft special here on April the 28th. Hopefully, the Raiders pick some. The Raiders don't have a first-round pick. I don't know what we're going to do. Thank
3: God, nothing to blow.
2: <laughs> so, uh, we will be here for at least the first 10, 15 picks. Last year, we intended to go two hours. We
3: went, like, four hours.
1: Oh, we got to the whole first round. By the
3: way, Leatherwood was the, like, lowest-graded starting offensive tackle or guard, rather, in the NFL last year. Led the league in holding penalties or something like that. Let's quickly, good though, let's run job.
2: some teams that's made moves – And what they can do to replace those moves, I want to start with that Oakland pick. Aaron Rodgers signs his mega deal, and now has nobody to throw the football to. Green Bay has two first-round picks. Is there can 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 you get it done with two first-round picks and rebuild that receiving core? Start with you, Brandon.
0: Yeah, I think you can. Um, I mean, I agree. Devontae is you know top three wide receiver in the NFL but you also look who's throwing him the ball um you know I I think Rodgers he's one of those quarterbacks that that can you know make a a wide receiver that's slightly above average you know elite um if they build that rapport so yeah, you know, I, I think Rogers knew this was coming. There's no way he would have signed this deal if he didn't know about it. I think he he knew it was coming. He got his money, and you know, he's like, "I'm good enough." He's he's arrogant and narcissistic enough that he thinks, you know, we'll we'll just make the next man up. So, but I think they can. You know, arm talent like that, it might not quite be Devontae, but you get a couple guys that, that can run a good route tree uh, and then has some, some hand talent. I don't see them really slipping that far.
2: To me, Robbie, the Packers need a good draft more than any team in NFL. They have three primetime picks to basically re- rebuild the offensive side of the football You do have AJ Dillon, who you think is becoming a superstar and is the next running back to be featured in that offense. But you got Robert uh, Ryan Tanyan, that's kind of made some noise over the last year. You've got a couple of guys that you've heard around. But is it in the draft, or can they late go get someone to help that receiving core? Well,
1: we have to start looking at the numbers, right? And so we have to start realizing Aaron Rodgers is a five hundred playoff quarterback. Look, he's talented. He's great, but look—I mean—he keeps making excuses. Look, you're not going to get rookie quarterback or rookie receivers that are better than Devontae Adams. Like you're just not. And so. They, he just wants to downplay the Senate. Oh, and his excuse next year is going to be, oh, I had rookie receivers. But they were the number one seed last year, and they, because of him, and do not discount that at all, because of him and him alone, they traded Devontae Adams because he's the be-all, end-all at Green Bay.
2: Offered more money to stay in Green Bay.
1: Yeah. So, like, he wants to revamp this franchise for what? Like, he is a narcissist. He's an egomaniac. Like, look, we got to, like, and this is what we, to circle back to the Braves locker room talk, you have to have a good team. This is a team sport. Aaron Rodgers isn't a good team leader. He's one one, one one as probably the top four talented quarterbacks of all time.
3: That's that's on him. The, so The other thing but, is quickly – sorry, go ahead.
2: The one question I have for you, though, is the Dolphins make the move to get Tariq Hill. They still have two first-round picks. Are they not in a position to build fast in a Miami – yeah them and philly
3: have done a great job uh they both have multiple picks now one thing about green bay is that both of their picks in the bottom ten the reason why i bring that up is wide receivers historically and traditionally and notoriously the toughest position for a rookie to make a huge impact there's a reason for that it's uh receiver quarterbacks you know they depend on timing on you know a, a sixth sense on mojo on knowing the system on you know checkdowns on audibles on running plays where they just look at each other and they know what to do based upon the defense you don't get that from rookies great rookie receivers in the last like 10 15 years if you go back the, the best seasons were in the 60s uh aside from like the last 10 or 15 years we had freaks physically uh odb who uh Sorry, OBJ, rest in peace, ODB, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, okay. Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, Jamar Chase, two you guys that are freaks athletically where the ball went underneath or deep a lot. Uh, they're not going to get anybody, in my opinion, that will be able to do that. They want another big receiver. It took time for Devontae to get that uh, connection, like two or three years. The other thing is they lost LaDarius uh, Smith on defense. They, they lost a few dudes. Uh, I can't remember the corner they lost as well. So their defense got worse, and their best, their biggest playmaker left. And Rodgers got a record contract despite being 36 or 8. They're in trouble. Yeah, Miami is two of the guy. I don't think so, but we'll see. I mean, statistically, he's got great numbers when it comes to efficiency and whatnot. But yeah. What do they have, three first-round picks and Philly the same? So, like Robbie always says, is the resident capologist. They're going to get a tons of dudes on rookie deals, and traditionally that's what's shown to uh, basically be the biggest boon. Uh, a lot of the teams today, Buffalo, Cincinnati, these are teams in great positions to move on. You can't buy talent in the NFL anymore, except for the Rams. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: At the same time all this is going on, let's talk about one other place. The Buffalo Bills seemingly is the one team that needs a piece in the backfield or a piece to go along with Stephon Diggs. If you were the Buffalo GM and you've missed basically – and I, Yeah, I got a hum coming, guys. You've missed – during the free agency period getting that impact player on the offensive side of the football i guess they did pick up make a couple of pickups if you were the bills gm is there somebody you go get right now is there a is there an is there a running back a tight end someone to give josh allen the weapon to get over the, the hump roger we'll go to you 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 seem to be nodding with that question
3: yeah i mean they're not stupid either you NFL running backs have a half-life, unless you're a freak like Derrick Henry. Uh, More or less, you get three, four, maybe five years, and you're dead. Uh, It's not a position uh, when it comes to efficiency that you want to pay. In the draft, you know, they got a great OL. They got a quarterback who makes things happen, gets outside the pocket. You you know, a running back is going to be the third or fourth option in that offense. Nobody's going to key on him. Running back traditionally has shown that like first round picks have not done exceptionally great. They've done exceptionally well at mining talent. They know what they're doing. You know, they'll probably go corner early and then get that back in the second, third, fourth round. There's so many gems in in the NFL. And and I think they're going to draft and and do well, get that rookie deal. And they're going to get a monster. Uh, if Singletary and Moss, they did sign Duke Johnson, you, you know, if these guys can have super productive seasons, then imagine them getting a kid like uh, the Ohio State kid, Teague, or some just monster, you know, that basically today, Master Teague, you know, if you saw that guy at his pro day, good God. Yeah. Um, there's just so much talent in the NFL, especially at running back, that you can plug in on value.
0: Totally
3: agree there. All right. That was a great lead-in to the Tennessee
2: Titans. Failed experiment with Julio. No production from tight end to speak of. Best running back in the NFL and a great wide receiver. Limited options in elite talent. What does the Titans do, my two Titans fans? Jane, we'll start with you.
0: I think they've got to go Offensive line or wide receiver In this first pick Um, They get the 26th pick You know I've heard Guys names thrown out there um, Traylon Burks uh, Potentially For wide receiver And then a guy that I really like On the O-line is uh, Kenyon Green From Texas A&M He's a plug-and-play starter from day one. Um, he can
3: Linderbaum, the center from Iowa, great, great match. Yeah, player, but he we right.
0: just re-signed Ben Jones, so.
3: Oh, they did. Yeah,
0: we're going to keep him. So. Oh, my bad. You know, Saffold gone. We're looking interior line. We we need a a guard. Uh, no second
3: round a, pick either.
0: Or a tackle. So. Um, Green is a
3: monster. Great, great call. Yeah, I out. love
0: Kenyon Green. He, you know, big dude, um, 26 pick. I, I think he'll be there uh, unless we get lucky and have like a Chris Olave fall. Um,
2: is sorry. that my phone? Or is no, on? that is
0: my – I don't know how to turn this off right now. My computer's okay. bad. It's all screwed up right now. <laughs> so okay. I apologize, guys. I can't mute that.
2: I'll put you on mute after you talk.
0: Yeah, so – but, no, I, I do – I I like the, the Kenyon Green or pick from A&M for the Titans. Um, it's not a sexy pick for your first-rounder, but it's something that's out of necessity. But, I mean, we could go either way here. Uh, I think we can get a tight end later in the rounds. Um, we definitely need help there. Wide receiver is probably the we, – we don't have a second round, but we get a third round at pick 90, um, I think – Wide receiver, uh, we could find somebody there as well. Uh, we've we got Woods team. for a six
3: round pick, he's got to be healthy. But that was a phenomenal acquisition,
0: yeah, phenomenal no, exactly. But huge clubhouse you know,
3: guy, too. Or locker room, is he sorry. healthy though even start the I mean, Traylon
0: him. Burks would be a great He'll addition, you know? He's a big yeah. 6'2, 225, big bodied receiver. Um, he could allow Woods to move inside, play the slot a lot more, and free him up. So, don't, don't they need somebody that, quick,
3: do, fast to take the top off the defense?
0: We, yeah, we do um, for sure. But I'm just saying, if it went that way, um, as a run-first team, getting another big body like that in the red zone uh, would be a, a great addition as well. But I think they got to go uh, offensive line first. It's not, you know, a, like I said, a sexy fan pick, but um, smart. I really think they should.
2: Robbie, do they not have to come out with a tight end somewhere in this draft? So, for the second
1: time in the Titans' young existence, um, they have been damn close to winning a Super Bowl, but the window is just not there anymore. Like, the AFC is so loaded now. Um, now I I start to think about do we regroup, we be the Titans regroup and just say, hey, what's the next level looking at? Look, we don't have the horses to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and Harbour and now Russell Wilson and all these teams that are in the AFC. So, yeah, so if I'm if I'm me, if I'm the GM of the Titans, I'm th- I'm a seller. I'm a seller, a rebuyer later on. Interesting.
2: All right, guys. One last question about the draft. We'll skip the USFL for this week. Come back to it the next week. We'll hit the Masters after this and call it a night. But I do want to talk about the quarterback class. So many quarterbacks moved. During the offseason, there is not a lot of talent at the top of this quarterback class. You have Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Seattle. You have some very quarterback needy teams. Is there's one of these guys? If you're a GM, you're taken, we'll go Raj, then Brandon, then Robbie. Rod, is it me? I think I got you muted.
3: Go ahead, Rod. Uh, Quickly, Tannehill is the reason why you guys aren't, but I agree being a seller, but it depends on the fit. Uh, You know, Lamar Jackson was physically dynamic, but he wasn't, I don't believe, the first guy people thought of. You get a guy like Malik Willis in the right system and, you know, Physically, he's a freak. This is not the NFL of Achilles Smith and Johnny Manziel. It's, it's a different game today. Uh, yeah, Corral, I watched a lot of. I think he's overrated. But then, you know, you've got good game managers like Desmond Ritter, who doesn't make mistakes, a guy that I think you really have to watch. Sam Howell makes bad decisions. Corral used to make bad decisions. He relied on stuff that you can't rely on in the NFL. Pickett is a pure dropback passer. This whole hands thing, I think, is overrated. If, uh, if Derek if Carr has small hands had and big fumbles, hands, he'd be easily, he would be
2: the hottest name in the NFL right now. Because the guy's hands matters are
3: eight inches, he's going to drop 20 spots in the draft. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's been plenty of small hand QBs in the past, right? I, I can't think of anybody. Uh, did Drew Brees have huge hands? I don't know. Um Joe Burrow doesn't have huge hands. Uh, Mahomes, relatively speaking, doesn't have huge hands, uh, but not like Pickett. Derek Carr does not either, and that guy fumbles all the time. So maybe there is a point there. Um, Garoppolo, not a great example. Very similar hands, but yeah. What did you say it was? Six inches? Because Brady, and Carr, these guys are all nine. Uh, if Pickett's got eight six inches, eight inches. So yeah, yeah Bobby- it, it is a big deal. But I agree. Pure pocket passer. That would have been probably number one overall. If Robbie, if are there any off. of the
2: quarterbacks you've seen? Malik
3: Willis jumps off the page, the former
2: Auburn quarterback, transferred as a Liberty, kind of a run-and-shoot guy, but we saw Kenny Pickett in person. He looks like a first-round talent to me.
1: Oh, God, no. no I, I had a friend text me and he said, oh, Atlanta's looking to jump – to five to get a quarterback i'm like who the heck is a quarterback they want to take number five now this is a weak quarterback class look the hand measurements is a product of gms wanting to justify their reasoning right so it doesn't matter how big your hands are how small they are if you can throw the ball but the thing is a I don't want to take this guy, so I'm going to justify because his hands are small. It doesn't like that. It, it's a total manufactured thing. Hey, does anyone know what John Elway's hand size was, like, or uh, Terry Bradshaw? Nobody no.
2: United's hands in the day. I guarantee you. Yeah, this,
1: this <laughs> is a, a manufactured thing. You can either throw the ball, or you can't, and so all it is, is people protecting their own. Everyone just wants their job security, just the CYA. This is not a real thing. It's just not. Like, you can throw the ball, you can't. Yeah, totally. To answer the question, no no one in this class is worth a first-round draft pick, in my opinion. Up to you, Chain.
2: Close us out on this.
0: This is not not a year that you're wanting to draft a quarterback, for sure. Uh, I mean, out of the top two, you know – Kenny Pickett, he's got the highest floor probably out of anybody on the on the board, but you look at Malik Willis has probably got the highest ceiling if you're willing to take a gamble. Um, he's got some accuracy issues. That's his biggest problem. Yeah, I mean, guy's got a cannon. We saw his pro day, you know, throws like a 60, 70-yard bomb or whatever to that guy, so – yeah, the talent could be there. You know, it's always a gamble, though. You you know, as a first-round pick, though, this year, I wouldn't take anybody quarterback wise in the first round. I mean, they're, they're far better talent in other positions and several positions than quarterback, uh, especially, you know, wide receiver, linebacker, uh, offensive line. So it's – it's really hard for me if I'm if I'm a team looking for a quarterback. I'd rather, you know, sign Cam Newton for a year as a veteran and, you know, work it out that way and hope for the best next year.
3: Two Can I say something? Quarterbacks
0: Quickly. Class.
3: Yeah, huge. Quickly, the last three best quarterback classes since 2020 all had three guys drafted in the top 11, uh, led by 2004 with Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and then, roethlisberger um you go back to 2012 luck griffin Tannehill, russell wilson those russell wilson wasn't in the top 11 but alex you know the point being is that uh 2017 you know trubisky went number one you had mahomes and deshaun watson on the top 12. arguably none of these guys are are top 10 picks they're not worth it i think somebody's going to take a a gamble on willis but yeah th- this is a pretty poor quarterback class overall uh, and it's just because the talent isn't there. Uh, mm. Could they find a, a diamond in the rough? Like I said, like Desmond Ritter, sure. But uh, I, I agree with everyone else.
2: not an awesome class. I'm not sure if my favorite quarterbacks aren't in the second round with Carson Strong and Desmond Ritter and those kind of guys. Agree. Uh, let's move on. We're out of time, but I want to quickly – we're two weeks away from the Masters. One of my favorite sporting events of the year. It is the one golf tournament that I'll watch. I'll probably end up taking a vacation day Thursday and Friday. I'm, I just, I, and, and thank God I've got the pitcher in pitcher. I can watch six holes at once. Is the Masters the most underrated sporting event in sports? I've been to a practice round. And I, I'm telling you, it was something special, Robbie. What What is your Masters tradition? And also, is there a sleeper out there that you'd like to uh, go ahead and start talking about?
1: Um, I've never been to the Masters. Uh, I want to go. Um, to me, it symbolizes, I guess, when my wife's. Gets emotional um, every Sunday in the last ten years or so. Um, whoever wins, she starts crying about this thing. And like, to, and and so, me that, too. That's where you separate sports from life. is far like, she thinks, "Hey, I mean, like these guys are all rich beyond belief, but to see them." and their families and their children, and then them to cry. Um, that, like, she she loves the Masters Sunday. Um, so I think it's one of those kind of gets-families-together events. For me, it's just, I mean, um, it's not the toughest golf course. I, I prefer the US Open over the Masters as far as watching them struggle. But there's something magical about Augusta. Um, that it's always the same. And um, it's just it's just it's just the opening of golf season. It's like the I'm I'm on my own the Dayton of Hundred. It's just it's just the they turn of Hundred, the Masters, it's the starting of the of the season for
2: me. Jane, I know you're a big golfer and you are you play a lot of golf, you love golf a lot of golf that's all
1: he does is golf (laughs) yeah
2: i'll tell you something i'm not even sure he has (laughs) it brings not necessarily the favorite out but elite talent you can find elite talent sometimes older elite talent can get up that one week for the masters Mm -hmm. younger talent everyone who wins the masters is talented But everyone that wins the Masters isn't automatically the favorite walking in. Does that add to the Masters that you can get Tiger out of the blue winning a Masters or Jack Nicklaus on the verge of 50 winning a Masters? Does that add to it a little?
0: It does, but you kind of know, you know, from the get-go who plays well on that course. I mean, so these wins really come down to – how the course fits your eye and your swing as a
2: golfer. And
0: there's just The fact that
2: you know that tells me how much golf you play. Yeah.
0: Well, I do play a lot of golf. (laughs) But, um, no, this is the Super Bowl of golf, if you will. And it is my favorite tournament by far of the year. Um, And I absolutely love it. I have yet to go to Augusta um but you know hopefully soon one day made a few connections so that might happen uh, next couple of years but, I, I
2: I put in for tickets every year oh I've, I've been
0: yeah, driving I've once. since I was a kid but you know I'd never get picked um but no and you know when you have some of the greatest memories and some of the greatest shots at Augusta and in golf that you see commercials and replays about and it's just such a special place um and then you know to solidify tiger's legacy when he came back and won it in 2019 um out of nowhere that was that was also amazing but now i don't know if you guys have heard but tiger is at augusta right now doing practice rounds this week to test it and see if he can play. My, my bet is he will play in the Masters. There have been talks, he's, all his guys in Florida, his swing speed, ball speed, everything's back to normal. Like he's playing phenomenal right now, and they can't believe it. You know, 14 months uh, removed from the wreck uh, where he almost had to amputate his leg. If he plays in this Masters, This could be the highest-rated viewing that we've seen of the Masters just because of this story. Uh, You know, he's got so much fight in him. I know it's just – it's unbelievable for the sport what he's done. And to make this again, he's already came back once and then won another major, which we didn't think could happen. And now to come back, if he can come back, even if he doesn't make the cut, that would be great if he makes the cut and he's there on Sunday – uh but still that, that Thursday Friday if he plays, man, it's it's gonna be unbelievable. But
3: it's just was twenty nineteen the highest rated? Like that Sunday hugging his kid and stuff, was that like the highest rated masters in ever? Last 20 that years. Sunday, so, yeah,
0: I think that Sunday was was not by much, but I think it was definitely the highest rated. Um and, and that was a special moment, you know. Things came full circle from that sport. transcended sport. It did. And that's the thing, you know, this people talk about moving the needle. This guy is the needle. Like, he, when he steps on the course, like all eyes are on him. He's what got me into golf and watching golf and playing golf. And I know,
3: could care less, but I watch Tiger. Have I'm a, you, I, was going I have an you unpopular opinion. Okay,
2: sorry, go ahead. We, we are not necessarily golfers, but we are sporting guys. I watch the Indy 500. I watch the Masters. Mm -hmm. I watch the Daytona 500. I watch the NBA Finals. I won't watch an NBA game all year, but I'll watch all seven finals games. Exactly.
0: And that's. that's Is this
2: one of those transcendent moments in sports? It is for sure. For sure. Well, you know, the majors
0: typically are, but this is the Super Bowl of the majors. They say there's five. They say that uh, the Players' Championship should be the fifth major, but whatever. There's only four. Um, this and the actual – the Open in uh, Europe is, is always fantastic as well. But this is, this is the major that is everybody, like you said, people that are not fans of golf are watching, and especially if Tiger is on the card.
2: Hey, if y'all see the house starting to fall in around me, and I keep broadcasting. Just know that it's windy as can be right now at my oh, house. I don't want to hear I'm, I'm in the
0: middle of like tornado warnings right I, now. I,
1: I will say this one hey, thing. To, look at this. To, Let
0: me
2: say
1: it. It's nuts. So I will say the thing to comment uh, on Brandon and just differentiate a little bit. Um, I don't think it matters if Tigers. Um, in the in the Masters, like that's must see TV for for regard. Like that Sunday, in the Masters is like 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 I'm saying. Like my wife, she she comes and she watches that. Like she loves it. She cries every year, regardless who's there. If Tiger's there, um, last year 2020, whenever it was, whenever he was there with his kids, that was magical. Like yes, that was a magic plus. But every single year, it's tears, and it's – whoever wins it, that that embrace at the end.
0: Yeah, no, and I I totally agree with that. I wasn't trying to say – but I'm just saying Tiger just takes it to another level.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. But it
0: is.
3: I I have a contrary opinion. I'm not a fanboy. You guys may not like it. Uh, I don't care. Hate it already. Do I think there is some magic in Mojo – To Augusta. Yes. I mean Green Jacket, Immaculate Greens, uh, you know, plantation house, but that's also my issue. I could care less until ninety-seven when Tiger not only was he a story, but I mean, that's traditionally the most racist club in the history of the world. They didn't allow their first minority member until nineteen ninety. There's an estimated nine or ten members now. I mean, it's just the elephant in the room. Sure you guys love it, but until Tiger started playing, i it was just a bunch of old white and Euro guys winning it to me. I could care less. I saw a green jacket put on and Happy Gilmore. There was a gold jacket. Um,
0: uh, VJ. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very
3: VJ was two thousand, but uh, you know it was after Tiger. And they were allowed to like come play because they're golfers, but they weren't allowed to be members. Uh, yeah, there is a mojo and a magic to it. I do think it's regional. Um, In the sense that it's certainly bigger in the South. Uh, Growing up out West, yeah, golf is different now after Tiger. But before 97, I could have cared less. 90% of the people outside of the South could care less. Now, yeah, when there's stories and Tiger's hugging his kid, the ultimate come up and down story, a humbled superstar. Yeah, that's amazing. And, And it has that potential to generate that. Uh, and that transcended sport. But traditionally, no. I mean, I don't feel that way. I understand how people do. But to say it's universal is is a fallacy, in my opinion. And it's racist. Well, you know, I think. Hey, I know you guys are fanboys. You're not. Gonna no, I'm
0: it. just going to say, you know, that was in the past. And, you know, times have changed and things have evolved. And members? I think. Uh, I always say
2: know, they have the, the whole,
0: best commendable against, Yeah. Deep South, were they?
3: It was 1990.
0: I'm not, not going to call them racist. 1960. But, you know, were they uh, having politically incorrect? Probably.
2: Um, having worked with a company that was related to the Masters at one point, not that I knew anybody, there's an old joke about rich and really rich. The Masters are really rich, and sometimes I think that club is not as diverse as we like to think it is in this country. It is still a pretty selective club. That what does diversity that have to do with wealth, uh, wealth?
3: The wealthiest uh, guys in the world are, are diverse. They're not Caucasian. Yeah, they're not,
2: they're not living in Augusta, Georgia, working at club car is my point, though.
3: Any club would be that Which proves my point. It's regionalistic and racist.
2: Robbie, let's move on to bet your uh, cojones before my house blows in. I'm going first because I actually researched before tonight. uh, I'm going to give you four to one. My house don't get blown down. But I'm also going to give you a bet your nuts that I feel almost Kyle Larson confident about that confident giddy up i am going to the final four for my bet your nuts and i think it's a very inflated number because it is north carolina and duke i am going the current total as i have it 151 i will give you under 151 north carolina and duke as my bet your nuts also a repeat of last week's bet your nuts take St. Peter's in the sweet 16 plus the points cash that all day long who wants to go next Brandon Jane you look like you're ready
0: yeah let's do it Um, I'm going to go to the NBA Um, tomorrow night we got the Bucks coming in to New York playing Brooklyn Nets. It's, Nets are uh, favored, point and a half. They're allowing Kyrie to play at home, again, because the mask mandates have been lifted and all that. So, Acampo is still on the fence. It's a game-time decision with his knee injury. I like the Nets here. Um, I think they're starting to roll here late in the season. Uh, They're finally, all getting to play together in jail. So um, yeah, give me the nets minus one and a half.
2: Rods, there. You got Carl Larson to win, Rods.
3: Yes. To win what? I don't know, but yeah, I got Carl Kyle Larson for sure. All right, man. What's your bet you Carl, Carl Larson? I like Carl Larson. Uh I'm gonna go with the NBA as well. Uh the Lakers are done. They are packing it in. LeBron just went back to L.A. Uh, Davis is probably not going to come back. They play at Utah tomorrow, which traditionally has just been their nemesis.
2: 11. Along the same lines. uh, It's
3: it's up to 12 now. When I saw it, it was, yeah, 11 or 11 and a half. Um, Ironically enough, Salt Lake City is probably the closest thing to Augusta in the NBA. Uh, You look up in that crowd and especially back in the day, uh, just a very difficult place to play. And I don't want to say that's the reason why. Utah's awesome. Uh, Conley, Gobert, uh, Mitchell. Um, and they're smarting. The Clippers came back from a 25-point deficit the other night. Paul George's first game back. Uh, everybody knows it's the Lakers. They, uh, they're the biggest name in basketball. I think they're going to get smoked. Um, the other thing is, is the Kansas 134 against Villanova. Uh, I'm, I'm hesitant because uh, Villanova has allowed people to – 61 points is the most they've allowed. That was to Ohio State, 44 to Houston last week, 55 to Michigan. But they are without their best defender. Uh, so I'm very tempted to take that 134, but I'm going to go with Utah just slaughtering the Lakers tomorrow.
2: Robbie, I got a house <laughs> payment, dude. Give me something good. Carl
3: Larson.
1: Well, I could give you the favorite NASCAR Larson, obviously. Um, but what I'm going to give you is better. Look, there's three number ones and there's one number two seed in the women's Final Four. Said number two seed is UConn. They've got their best player back. Um, Best coach, as much as it hates me to say that, yeah, I'll take the two seed to win the final four of the women's tournament. I'll take that you. chick is
0: good too from yeah, UConn. Yeah. She's I days. hated to see her get hurt. She was on yeah. fire.
1: She's year. back and UConn's you can't winning. It all again. Head coach, this is this forward. is this is the fourteenth. You can't say chick.
3: Yeah. But yeah, for Tennessee guys to admit that I respect that because Pat Summit is basketball and women's basketball yes. greatest mm-hmm. coach ever changed the game Ariama's an egotistical jerk but he can coach and to get her back uh Paige Weckers or bukers how do you count them out
1: I agree yeah. Yeah, they're gonna win they're, gonna, they're, they're you you yeah. call them she is a all. young lady that's
0: a great bet I'll take yeah. that I'll put money on that too for sure
1: all right guys Final words, you're welcome, Chain. I'll take I didn't commission.
0: know she was back. I didn't know she was back.
1: Yeah, we're
2: watching tournament before my house blows in. Oh. Brandon awesome.
0: <laughs> hey What's that? final words?
1: I, yes. I need oh wait, final words, right go ahead, Robbie.
0: Yeah, you go um, ahead.
1: I was just gonna say I need as much golfing time as Chain has to just get my mind free, and then I need the double golf time chain has to actually get something done. Well, you got to think there's
0: 24 hours in a day. Golf only takes up about three and a half, four hours. So, I'm not if you
1: play with me, I, I, I'm a six hour golfer.
3: But you play sober? I've never done that. No, that's yeah. crazy talk. Well, well if, I, if I'm still working, I have to go
0: to work and meetings after the round. Yeah, right. still, what? Now. Yeah, I don't golf. When do you so.
3: golf?
1: You know, what
0: like
3: time do you call? No, no, ask,
1: ask when he works. That's that, that's the trick question. When does he work?
2: That, All oh, right, Raj Meta. He earned last it, I word, guess. Or, Brandon Chain, last, sure words. last words.
0: Last um, words. man, I'm excited about this Final Four. Um, you know, iconic Duke North Carolina matchup. It's gonna be good. Wish Villanova was at full strength. Um would have made for a better game there with Kansas, but you know, it, it's going to be Duke, Kansas. And I think, I think the North Carolina Duke game is going to be pretty good though. Uh, I'm anxious to see that one.
2: Raj Mehta.
3: Uh I'm going to baseball and I like that article. Those articles you read on MLB.com. I thought they were deadly accurate. Um, You know, bullpen, starting rotation, lineup. Milwaukee had a better lineup because they have the best rotation and bullpen in the league. But if you look at L.A., Atlanta, Toronto, and the White Sox, those four teams are pretty much top five in lineup, in starting rotation, in manager, in bullpen. So I would take, even though Boston's trying to sneak up, uh, with uh, Trevor Story and Kike, um, if it were LA versus Atlanta and Toronto versus the White Sox in the uh, championship series, that would be the most appropriate thing ever. Those four teams, watch out! I I
2: actually like the Blue Jays this year. Robbie Davis, they're good.
1: Um, I'm excited that the NFL draft is a month away and that and we're we're still doing this thing and we're gonna do it again the nfl draft and i'm super excited about us all breaking down the draft picks again like we started off this thing as hey it's a hobby and but hey maybe we can make it work and it we're getting more successful successful and thanks everyone for watching and subscribing and so I'm excited about this next NFL draft. Like, look, it it, it it's we're we're going to be we're going to be there watching and commenting and doing what we do about this thing. So, yeah, so thank all of you guys for your commitment um each week to getting there.
2: You said the most appropriate words and I always forget to say smash that like button and, and subscribe. subscribe. Yeah. And subscribe, (laughs) that's
0: the biggest thing. I'd rather you subscribe than like it. Just yeah, so once
1: if you can get our name right and the subscribe button in one episode, it'd be
2: epic. Subscribe to Reckless Speculation. There you go. There
0: we go. Sponsored by I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. That's such a clever name. You're right, Raj. That's great.
3: It is. It's better it's than Honeydew, which I, I didn't know, know what that was until I moved here. But I'll get around. Next to.
2: week we're gonna. We, we had it ready for this week. Next week we're gonna talk about some of those bums that's playing in the USFL. Oh. I oh, am. So uh, I'm shocked by how bad the talent is. Yeah. The XFL had much much better talent than the is USFL this, is did. This, is this doomed from the start? Ah, uh, no, because. Tickets are ten bucks. Hey,
0: why don't we do like a? Why don't we go and watch a game and do a live they, show?
2: They would. They would let us broadcast it probably if we wanted to. I was gonna wear my LA Express.
3: Well, we don't sneakers, have to show, by
0: the show, way. The show the field, but we can TV
3: sit there. And I forgot.
2: Yeah. All right, guys. I'm gonna get off here. I am in bad weather. If you're in the Hickson area, go get in your basement. For Randall That's Cunningham, terrible. Brandon Jane, Roger better Robbie <laughs> Davis. This is ridiculous speculation. Subscribe to their ridiculous. YouTube channel. Reckless
1: speculation.
2: <laughs> we
3: can't be ridiculous. To our yeah. YouTube channel. Dark red in the south where we are. I was trying to make everyone. a joke out of it.
1: No, you weren't. No, you are. not You are you, you always Jesus. The I, I said, terrible. subscribe
3: to our YouTube channel. Good
2: Look God. for us next week at the same time.
3: He's safe. Off. People in the south. Everyone stay on.